0: This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Kahoot.
1: The lesson today is your big picture in life, your big picture. And part of my lesson this morning is go through a little bit of my testimony to, to cut through a little bit, to show what I mean by that, because if, if I'm gonna go back to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, was cornerstone to, one, to, the, to, to this whole book of Ecclesiastes. Well, Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, to everything there is a season. This is the first one of chapter three, and a time and a purpose to everything under, under heaven. And so the whole book is not outside of redemption and outside of the Christ and outside of heaven, the best that's possible for man to do while we're alive under the sun. Because once we're dead, all of our memories, all of our love, all of our hate, every single thing about our life is buried and chiseled in a stone somewhere in a cemetery. You can walk through a cemetery, I've mentioned this before, and look at all these, nobody knows a thing about it other than a name on a tombstone. In another 50 years, our name is going to be nothing but a name on a tombstone in a cemetery somewhere. Everything we tasted, everything we loved, every argument we had, everything we, every single thing about our life will be buried forever. And nobody, the next generation will know nothing about us. But what did we do with our life outside of redemption? And so this whole book is just kind of depressing but it's exciting to, to know that, that the bottom line is what is to keep, to, to keep his commandments and draw close to the cross because that's the only thing in this life. There's one thing only that every one of us can totally agree on. We'll disagree on every single subject that you can run, but there's one thing that 100% of the time every one of us can agree on is we're all gonna die, period. At, I mean, you can't argue with that unless, you face, unless we have the rapture. And so when looking at the big picture of life, this, verse, this chapter 11, it says, he, God, hath made everything beautiful. And here's the key part of the, this entire book in his time. We may never see the beginning or the end, or, or we'll see the beginning, but we won't know the end of everything until there's the big picture drawn. He also has set the world in our hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So let me inject right here before I get into the key part of the lesson a little bit of my testimony to show you what I mean. When I was coming up and I, you know, me and my brother, we're completely different people. My brother's a very compassionate man. He's, he's got a lot of love in his heart. B, I'm going to tell you what I think immediately when I hear it. My brother has no temper. I've got a bad temper. I've got it under control. Now. <laughs> but I'm going to call it like I see it instantly. He'll let it go and let it and just pray about it and all that. Me, I just let it fly. And uh, that's why God didn't call me to preach. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be teaching if my brother hadn't asked me. This is not something that I relish. Me and that brother David have talked about this before. We're, we're not all about, look what I know about the Bible. We're about learning and getting closer to the cross and sharing. But as we were coming up as kids, I started the street run. And, uh, and, and my brother, he, was, he, was, he, would, he would hold revival meetings in our patio for the neighborhood kids. I mean, I'm not saying he was perfect. We both got in trouble. We were mischief all the time. But as we got older in teens, he got a car. He was two years older than me. He said, you know, he got, got, called me to the side one day. He said, hey, let's go to a concert, man. I'm thinking I'm in the ZZ top. I'm into Pink Floyd. I'm into letting it rock. I said, yeah, I'll go. And so we pulled up into the mosque, and we started going in. All these people come in and dressed in suits, and, and I'm like, Wait, well, there ain't nobody rocking here. It was the Cathedral Quartet, the singing Americans, Jerry and the singing golf. We went to a gospel concert, and I, I enjoyed it. And, but it was, it, that's, that was him could see me tugging me on a coattail. When he got called to preach, this is some sharing a little bit about the big picture. Years ago, I was 16 years old. He had started a quartet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this pretty fast. He says, I'm gonna get you a bass guitar and I want you to play, start playing bass for us when you learn how to play it. I said, I can't play guitar, I can't play, I can't, I can't sing, I can't hum, I can't do it. He said, Well, we're gonna get you one. So October 15th, 1976, he bought me a bass guitar. He said, Okay, we're gonna be playing on a Saturday. Bob Stiegel was the man, he was their steel player. He said, he's gonna be playing bass. You watch him. You come and just watch the concert and watch him and see if you can pick up anything. This was Saturday afternoon. I just had it that day. That day he bought it. Bob Stiegel played that guitar. So I'm sitting there watching him. It was a sit- the sit- go st- golf station out on Crater Road. And I was watching him, I said, you know, he's, he's just strumming, that don't look that bad. You know, I'll, I'll take it home and mess with it. So I took the guitar home and put on some Led Zeppelin, and I started tank drinking with it, and I said, you know what, I can hit a note here and hit a note there. So my brother calls me Saturday night, 9.30 at night, "Cut Bank Baptist Church in McKinney, bass player ain't coming, you're on. I hadn't had the guitar in four hours. This is the gospel truth. So I, I said, I can't do it. He said, you gotta do it, just get up there and stand. And so I get up there, and, I, and all of a sudden, folks, I'm telling you, the Lord anointed me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat in the neck like, like I do, but the notes came, the music came to my heart and the Lord put the music in my heart and I played with them 26 years, traveling, playing and I play now, that's and I'm saying that I would've, that would have never happened and I'm looking at the big picture of life. My brother, if he hadn't have done something in my life, where would my life have been? That was from the Lord. He gets called to preach, he goes to Faith Baptist Church over in Beaufort, I mean, on, in Colonial Heights. I was out of church for probably a year, still playing. I mean, I was partying on the, week, on the weekdays and playing in churches on the weekend. And uh, I mean, I'm telling you, the Lord has done something in my life. I'll get into this in a second, but this is important when we're talking about the big picture. So he goes and he's called, Jimmy Busby called him to be assistant pastor at Faith Baptist Church. says, man, you got to come. Just come on and visit. Just come on and visit. Just come on and visit. So I came and visited a couple of times, met some of the people. I said, all right, I'll join. He was after me. You got to join. You got to join. I joined. This is the honest truth. Two weeks after I joined, Abe Simon called him to be here. And he asked, well, ain't that something? I just joined this church and Abe, and you go and leave me. And so I started going, I got excited about it. Jimmy Busby was on fire. He was on, and the people was all, it was just a really on fire church. So I started going. And this is another thing about my brother, okay? I met Peanut Gibson, which is my wife's father, okay? I worked with him in that church. We would go on visitation. But brother, I, I got my heart right with God all, all, all together. And I was he asked me to be a deacon and I served on a deacon board in that church. But my father-in-law then, I had worked with him in that church for two years. But I didn't even know he had children. He was going home telling his daughter, I found the man you're gonna marry. You gotta come meet him. And she wouldn't go to church because that's what he was telling her. Well, we had a gospel sing that night, one night, it was, it was on a watch night service. I don't know if y'all remember what those were. But we were playing, and he got, talked his daughter into coming. Okay, She came, and uh, they called me in the back. and Another fellow at the church said, Danny, this is Teresa. Teresa, this is Danny. And he walked away, and we were just standing there looking at each other. I said, goodness gracious. She's all really right, pretty. I didn't say that. I was thinking it. And uh, so I said, well, let's go get some ice cream. Long story short, we went out three times. She asked me to marry her and had just met on our third date. I said, she, we, we went out to eat on the third date and she said, let's alone right now. I said, I ain't doing that. I'm just not doing that. I gotta talk to your daddy about that. I didn't know all this was going on behind that. So we go home, go to her house. I said, Peanut, your daughter wants me to run off and get married tonight. He laid $500 gospel truth on the hood of his El Camino. He had four El Caminos. He said, take her there before she changes her mind. I said, no. I got a big family. I can't do that. And so so we ended up having a big wedding, a big big thing. And this is, if my brother hadn't got called to preach, okay, I got the guitar. I got my wife. I got my family. We joined the church and uh, we were working in the church fine. In the big picture, My brother never one time asked me to come visit this church. I mean, mean, we've worked in there and worked with y'all in the teenagers group and and a lot of people have no clue about the history of the big picture looking back on my life. But I was going home telling Teresa, I said, Teresa, the Lord is tugging on my heart and I don't know why, we need to find out why. I haven't felt the spirit move and that's what I'm gonna get to in a minute. I haven't felt the spirit move like this since I felt conviction to accept Christ, and that was the third weekend in August in 1975 on a summer, in a summer camp. That's when I want to get there because I'll be another 10 minutes by that. And so I said, I don't know what he's doing with me. He, she said, we pray about it. So I said, I think he's, gonna, he's moving me somewhere. I don't know why. I said, I'm a deacon in the church. There was no problems. There was no conflict. I just felt that the Lord, so I said, well, I'm not going here because that's the first thing everybody's going to say is he came here to follow his brother, and that did not happen. We we went to Landmark once a month, once a month for over a year and a half. We would go somewhere else and visit. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. That's that's not it. He's he's doing something else. And we never, never, never entertained the thought of coming here. And my wife said, why don't you just, why don't we just go visit? They're having a special service. Friend day. Let's just go for friend day. And we walked in those
0: doors. And overflowing, just felt me. The people of the
1: church. I could just, I said, Teresa, they can't be. It was six months later, I said, let's go back. I haven't felt that much, and I just felt it. And the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, one of them, was when we finally decided to make the move. On a visitation night, we was all in the room. We would always pray before we go on Tuesday night visitation. was for me to face the man that loved me
0: and say, and this group of men that I worked with for years, There's nothing wrong, but the Lord wants me to leave. It was like, you don't know how much guts for me. Old time days, I'd have just left, but I was close to these men. I loved them.
1: You know, I loved every one of them and still do. Jimmy Busby married me. He dedicated all three of my children to the Lord. And for me to sit in that room and say, the Lord wants me to move and leave. You know, why? I don't know. The big picture, folks. Anyway, so we did. We joined here. and We've been here 30 years or so. and And it's been an incredible journey. Through my brother and meeting my wife and marrying my wife and knowing all of her family. She has a huge family. Oh, your brother, your, your, brother your, your husband's brother's a preacher. Every time, every single time one of those people in their family had passed away and had a funeral, they got my brother to preach at a funeral. And hundreds have accepted Christ
0: at these funerals. Now,
1: if my brother had not called to preach and I had not met my wife, we would never known those generations of people and never... Can you see where I'm going with the big picture in life? The, you don't know the end. You, can't, you don't understand what's happening, but you got to let it go and let God understand that God's making everything beautiful in his time and understanding the big picture. One of those people in the family, and here's where I'm going in, your purpose, your meaning in life, and then I'm going to get right into the lesson here because I've got a lot to cover. I'm skipping a lot on my testimony. One of my wife's first cousins passed away, and the family said we want you to do the funeral. Me, so I counseled with my brother. Said, you know, I don't want to do the same one you do. he, so he talked me through it, and so I did the funeral on the uh, the one in Petersburg. What's the one on Adam Street? I forget. I don't even know the name of these cemeteries. Anyway, it was I gave the plan of salvation. I started from the beginning again. I explained how sin came in this world, and seven people accepted Christ at that funeral. That, my friend, is my big
0: picture. That, my friend, is my purpose in life.
1: I was ready to go after that, and I'm still ready. Leading up to that, I've had two, one head-on car crash, and one, I had a, I had a uh, 1979 Trans in with a 454 in it. I cut that thing and I ran through a stop sign and cut a set of trees just like this right here and went right and never had a scratch on the end of the car. I could have hit any one of those trees. I hit a car head on, bam, and it flipped me going the wrong way. I got out the car and cussed the man out because I thought he hit me. I was going up the wrong, wrong way. And uh, I was sitting there in my house working on the car that jack broke and the, and, the, and the whole truck came down and was pressed on my chest. Just fraction. It, I was hollering, hollering, Teresa. She had to get the tractor, put it
0: in the hitch, to raise it up so I could crawl out.
1: A month ago, I was pulling the radiator out of a car. The hood hitch on the hood 250 is like this. And I was pulling and pulling and pulling, pulling the motor out. The antifreeze was all in the bumper, and I pulled. My feet slipped, and you wouldn't believe it, a puncture busted up in there and just was bleeding everywhere. And when I went to the emergency room, they said less than a quarter of an inch to the right, you would have busted your artery and bled out. He's made everything beautiful. So the big picture is God's not ready, for, but I'm ready to go. It was never any panic. It was never any worry. So this is a whole lot of stuff leading into where I'm heading with the lesson this morning. Because <laughs> it's, 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 I'm leaving out a whole lot. Other than the fact, in your big picture of life, you know, some of you are older. Look back and see where God has brought you from and where you are today, and and remember the bad times because there's more bad times than good times in most people's life. You know why I know that? It says right here in Ecclesiastes chapter eleven, but verse eight. And I'm gonna get right into the lesson.
0: I'm having to skip a whole lot. But if
1: a man live years, many years, and rejoice in them all, let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. They shall be many. And all that cometh is vanity. Now we're going to skip back here to chapter 1, and then we're going to get right into the lesson, because there's a lot of definitions in Ecclesiastes that we've covered already. But for the sake of review, we're going to get right back into it and dive into it. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, the word, verse 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, vanity of vanity, all is vanity. Now, what does that mean? That means vanity in this life is you born, you your do work. Your strife, your toil, you suffer a little bit, you have a little bit of joy, you have some good times, you have the bad times, you work, 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 and you get up and you die and you leave it all. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much wealth you have. I don't care how poor you are. Just like, just like dogs, cats, people, uh, everything, plants, everything. They've got a flourishing time and they die and are forgotten forever. That's kind of depressing because we can get caught up in, in so much stuff, and it's called vexation of spirit. That's another thing. When A vexation of spirit is anything that pulls you away from what you actually believe in your faith. What you actually it could be temptations. It could be a financial struggle. It could be loss of a loved one. It could, be, it could be any trouble in your life that takes you away from God Almighty has got it all. He's in control. Let's, hey, and you, and, and, and you turn it away and, and you understand that nothing here is going to last. Nothing. What matters is redemption. What matters is our relationship with God. Because, uh, and here we're going to get right on into our verses here. But that's what Solomon was talking about. Let's go down here to, to number two, verse two of chapter one. Hold on. Yeah, chapter one. Let's go back because I'm going to have to cut back over here. Verse four, chapter one. One generation passeth away, another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. Okay, verse 11. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of the things that shall come after them. Let me tell you something. When my dad died, I've mentioned this the last three, three times I've taught. All he loved, all he hated, all the memories he made, the big thing. He spent his entire lifetime making memories. His last last four months of his life, he would just look at all the pictures, look at all the pictures from years and years and years gone by, putting memories in his head. When he died and we buried him, every single memory he ever made is buried and chiseled in stone. Every single one of them. I don't know his memories. I only have my memories that I made with my family, with him. His memories are gone forever. He can't come back and tell us about them. He can't, I, can't go, I, can, I can go back to him one day, but we're not going to talk about what we did here on earth. So life here on this earth under the sun, what's it really all about? We make memories while we're here, but we spend a lifetime doing all this stuff, and we die, and it's gone. Think back two generations Nobody, you don't know your great grandfather. You know his name maybe, but you don't know what he did, where he was born, how, who, who, where, he, where he met his wife, did he like football, nothing. So in another 50 years, that's going to be us folks, every single one of us. And it's for someone, and I'm not talking about some people might not have the skill to sit down and intelligently sit down with his book and win somebody to the Lord to where they can understand. But your smile to me or to him or to him can encourage him to he'll shake somebody's hand and shake your hand and you go out and and invite somebody to church and and it all started with your smile. You're going to get the reward for that in heaven. Just, just a Christian attitude, and it's and it's. It, some people will die, their names chiseled in stone, and never have any hand at all in winning anybody to the Lord. Nobody. I mean, you know, I'm t- I know people that have been saved, claim to be saved for eighty years, and have never won one person to the Lord. Not one. You know, that that they can say, but you never know. You call somebody up. Hey, I'm just praying for you this week. Oh, thank you so much. I needed it. And they go and say, Hey, so and so prayed for me. He did. Okay. And here's where we're going to get into this right here. The next part of this thing is, is, the power in prayer.
0: With uh, let me uh, let's go to chapter eleven because I'm gonna have to get on with this part of the lesson.
1: Chapter eleven. This is where I ended off last week. That was a preface. I do have two more lessons that, I, that I'm going to do with this book, this Ecclesiastes. Let's start with number one. Cast your bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. To sit down and study that, what that actually means, it means give your life away.
0: Don't hoard it. God doesn't need our money.
1: If I help you, and 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 I help so many people out there, sooner or later, I'm going to need some help. And I can call you, no, I'm busy. No, I'm busy. Oh, yeah, Brother Danny, I'll be right there. You've helped so many people, and that's not why you help people, but you cast out so much bread. Sooner or later, it's going to come back to you, my friend. You can give and give and give and give and give, and sooner or later, you're going to need Sooner, every one of us are going to need, and sooner or later we don't have to sit there and boast I need all this stuff, I need all, this. no, no, somebody's going to be able to say, hey, you okay? Brother, I need you to pray for me. I've done it 50 times in the last year. I need you to get down on your knees and pray for me. This is my struggle. This is my challenge. This is what I'm going through. This is what I need. And let me tell you something. That means more than any kind of offering somebody can take up, any kind of material things. When you got somebody that's in touch with God that can get reach the throne and they know when you need him, they know when you need him, can get down and, let me tell you something, that's casting your bread on the water. Be available. Be available for anybody. Just give yourself away to people with just a Give a portion to seven and to eight. For the, this is verse two. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth and if the tree falls toward the south or toward the north in the place where that tree falleth, the third shall stand. If you dig down and deep in that verse right there, that's like when your life is ended and your body is planted in the ground, it's too late to go back and fix anything. It's, too, where it's Where it falls, that's where it's. It's concrete. It's cast in concrete right then. It's the best it's ever going to be. It's all under the sun. That's why we're alive, why we have breath, why we have a chance, why we have an opportunity, why we can say, oh, Lord, don't, don't lay your head on your pillow at night one time and I say, oh, God, I failed today, but help me and forgive me help me, help me, Lord, help me. And, and don't, don't when, you, when that tree, because let me tell you something, nobody can guarantee that we're going to go home today and be alive tonight. Where your tree falls, what you've done, where you are, that's it. Over. No more. He that observeth the wind, this is verse four now, this is really cool here. See, when you study, this is not how much I know, I've talked to Brother David hours about it. It's not how much we know. It's how much the Holy Spirit teaches us. Down verse uh, 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. Uh, paraphrasing. I just don't feel good. I don't feel like praying today. I'll pray tonight. Satan throws all this stuff at you. Say you didn't sow in the morning. Well, I won't read my Bible today. My leg's hurting. If you observe the conditions in your life and base your spiritual life on things, those things are going to go. If you observe the wind, then, then it'll get behind you, and you won't. Be, and, and it'll be another day, and it'll be another week, and it'll be. A, and then pretty soon, you're not reading your Bible or praying at all. Verse four. I'm telling you, this is this. Is, this is a wise man here. I'm reading. I'm paraphrasing over the context of this whole book. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the cloud shall not reap. Oh, boy. I think I'm going to just stay home today. I know I, I know I need to go do this. I need to go do that. So I'm going to just stay right here. The Holy Spirit cannot move like that. He can if you're in the spirit of prayer and fasting. And here's why. Verse 5. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. If you put out there, I need you all to pray for me for this right here. You pray, 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 Who knows? God might answer your prayer. He might not be answering his. So when you, so if we're regarding conditions, hey, if, if you got a bunch of people praying we don't know the way that we don't know whose prayer God is going to answer. We don't know, so we just pray and we let the Spirit do His thing. He talks about that as like the wind. You don't know when the wind, the Spirit is coming. See, there's a difference in being anointed and having anointing on your life and walking in faith and being a Christian. The anoint, nobody stays anointed. The Holy Spirit comes and He goes and He goes like the wind and He goes back to a circus. Just be ready for Him when He comes. Just be ready for him in the Spirit. Just be ready. Just have your heart right so when he does decide to move, he can hear you. He can listen to you. He can see you. He can feel you because if we're not ready, he's going to come right on by and miss, miss us. In the morning, so you see. In the evening, so you see. Because you don't know which way the Spirit's going to go. You just don't know. And uh, I've talked to Brother Leslie Baker about this before. We, we will do a lot of work outside. He raises hay. He don't know more. He's praying for rain. I said, well, I'm praying that it don't rain. Who's God going to answer? I'm, say, I'm begging God because I've got animals, I've got feeds. it's messy. and all. I said, God, please don't let it rain. And he said, oh, God, give me rain. So who's God going to answer? God doesn't flip a coin. We just don't know which way to hold the Spirit. See, you might be praying in a whole different direction than me. We just got to trust God that He knows the end from the beginning. From the beginning to the end, we don't. We just got to just live our lives as close to the cross as we can and just say, Lord, you've got it. You've already promised you make everything beautiful in your time. It might not be beautiful to us, but it's your your world. It's your life. I'm yours. You got the end. Okay, verse 5 again. Now know it's not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb. from. Of her that is with child, even so you know not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning, so you see; in the evening, withhold not your hand. Thou knowest not what shall prosper, either that, either this or that. Whether they both alike shall be good, we don't know when the Holy Spirit is going to decide to move. But if you haven't prayed, He's not going to move. We don't know what's going to prosper. But if we've done nothing and observed the wind and observed the conditions and listened to, he said what? He did this. And we observe conditions about who said what instead of in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to go by just like a breeze and we won't even know he came. And that's how every one of our lives are. We've got to be ready. in season. season. We've just got to be ready and have our hearts, Lord, if you come, if you come, I'm ready. You speak to me, O oh Lord. Send me somewhere. Send me, just, just I'm, I'm yours. Okay. Verse 7. Truly, the light is sweet and pleasant thing for the eyes to behold the sun. What he's talking about here, and I'm going to go to a different direction here with this. You only know how bright the light is and how sweet it
0: is while we're alive. When we're dead, that's it. How sweet it is to get up another day. Do you ever start your day, oh God, thank you for letting me wake up. You know, nobody, nobody wants to die. We all enjoy life. Why spend a day
1: in turmoil and arguing and who's right and who's... Get a, oh, thank you. I'm yours today, Lord, wherever I go. Help me smile. Help me smile to somebody. That could be their doorway to heaven. Just, just help me to smile through my day. That could be somebody's key to eternity. Just, uh, I mean, you should have seen me yesterday. I'm, I'm the one to, to preach. I was had a guy helping me work at home, and I needed one tool to extract a bolt out of a block. So I said, okay, I'm going to go get one because he didn't have one. I didn't have one, couldn't find it. So I head up my house, I said, you stay here, I'll be gone for 20, 30 minutes. I got going down the road. Advance didn't have it, Napa didn't have it. I ran into like a five car pile up right at the 288 exit on Hall Street. And I slammed my hand on it. Oh, get out of the way! Get out of the way. I'm stopped. And I got this guy at the house, and he said, oh, no, no, no. How many people saw me do that? confessing, folks. I'm just human. I'm just flesh. I had to get home last night. Well, I go to bed minute, <laughs> Oh, Lord. I lost my testimony today. If I had just greeted a new member of the church Sunday and they were sitting beside me and I that mess and seeing me just rage like that, they wouldn't be back. They just wouldn't be back, folks. I'm 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 just human. That's that's just me, and I'm. I, let me tell you something. That ought not be. I'm trying to work on that. Y'all pray for me in that way. I got road rage. I'm telling you. Y'all pray for me. I'm trying to overcome. I'm really healed. Ain't kidding. My wife tells me all the time. I'm flying in and out and out. She says that's not Christian like. I said I'm doing exactly what the Bible says. And she says, what do you mean? The Bible says, "Do unto others as you would have them do unto you." And I would have everybody pass me, so I'm going on down the road. <laughs> we argue like cats and dogs in the car, I'm telling you. But anyway, getting back on that, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I got five more minutes to develop this last part. I'm gonna have to. I'm saving this last chapter for my next lesson. But I don't know if you remember him, brother. Look guy, truck driver, was Clinton. sit back here, you don't come anymore and uh, he caught me I've had several people ask me questions before he says, I gotta ask you something you know you can tell them somebody's being arrogant they're gonna try to stump you up he says where in the Bible does it say that when a person dies they do go to heaven I thought for that a minute he says, you can't tell me that my wife has died, she's in the ground I said, well, "Well, wait a minute. I said, said, the Bible does it? He said, tell me about it. I said, okay. I will. See, I'm telling you this only so that we can learn how to intelligently, without making people mad, explain to people the gospel. Years ago, I'd get mad. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17 and I'm going to finish up with this. I've got two, three verses I want to read. I said, I said, let's go back here. Let's don't stand up here in the middle of all these people like we're debating the scripture. I'm going to share something with you. You've, you've seen this verse a thousand times yourself. And I said, let me read you. Let me, let me let you read this with me. Matthew chapter 17, verse one. This is right after Peter's confession. After six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John. Now those three, if you go back a few months back when I was doing the disciples, all three of those were fishermen. They owned the fishing industry there. And so that's why they are always grouped together. They were best friends from childhood up. Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up to a high mountain, this Jesus, Jesus taking them, come on. Because they had questions too, because... That, he had, that was right after Peter's confession and Jesus had just told him, I'm going to have to die. What well, if you die? What's going to happen? I will never see you again. You know, I can just see the picture, of the, the scene there. So Jesus said, come on. Bring them up to a high mountain apart, verse two, and was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and the raiment was white as light. I said, you see that, Brother Clinton? Look at this next verse. And behold. There appeared unto him, them,
0: Moses and Elijah talking with him.
1: Now Moses had been dead four thousand years, Clinton. Elijah never saw death, Brother Clinton. I said, and here they recognized them. Who they were. They recognized their voices. They they, they said and they said, Oh Lord. This is good for us. Let's build tabernacles for all of them. What could he say? Either we believe the scriptures or we don't. The other if you want to look at that, I'm not going to have time to get into that. But Mark 9 and Luke 9 sell the same thing. You can write that down and read it. I'm saying that this thing is to say this. Then in our big picture of life, the tombstone is not it, folks. Everything that we do, everything that we touch, everything that we see, everything that we, under the sun while we're alive, the best that we can do apart from redemption, apart from understanding there is a holy God and he will bring everything into judgment. The best that we can do here is to, to, to eat, to be married, to, to live. To, 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 when's the last time you called a relative and say, hey, I love you? All this fighting and feuding going on in the world today. This world needs to see us smile. Because when our tree drops, we can't come back and fix it. And there's proof in these scriptures that when we die, He takes us to heaven and we will recognize each other just as we are. We would be different, don't get me wrong, because Jesus is clothed, He had His glorified body. We don't understand it all, but we can. Let me tell you something. We need to believe every single word that's in here. It says, there stood with him Moses and Elijah and talked with them. And I'm going to have to end with that. I've got so, so many other things to develop, but I, I'm glad you did come today. I'm going to have to close out with that. Just remember this. While we're alive on this earth under the sun, all we touch, all we see.
0: All we taste, all we feel, all we love, all we hate, all we deal, everything, our entire life, is nothing but a tombstone
1: with our name chiseled on it. In a hundred years, nobody will know nothing but, like walking in a cemetery, you see all these tombstones with a name on it. Nobody knows a thing about it. Not one thing. That's
0: us. In another generation, that's us. People just step over them.
1: Don't, don't step on the tombstone. Gone. Hey, that last part of this last verse in this Bible says, trust God, keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. And I am going to uh, close with that. Thank you all for coming this morning.
0: You listen to Deacon Danny Kahoot. For more information, Visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.